Exodus 22, verses 21 through 27, these are God's words. You shall neither mistreat a stranger nor oppress him. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any way and they cry at all to me, I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath will become hot, and I will kill you with the sword. Your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. If you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like a money lender to him. You shall not charge him interest. If you ever take your neighbor's garment as a pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. For that is his only covering. It is his garment for his skin. What will he sleep in? And it will be that when he cries to me, I will hear. For I am gracious. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. The Lord teaches us to have a special care for the needy and empathy, fellow feeling, uh, for the needy, because God himself is sympathetic uh, towards them and uh, takes special note of them. Uh, and that, of course, is the way that God interacts with his creation, because compared to him, uh, and actually it belongs to us as creatures, as opposed to him as creator, that we are needy, and he is the one who is sufficient for all of our needs. Uh, and therefore we are needy, uh, and the Lord puts us in different degrees of need, in part so that we will learn to imitate him in the sympathy that we have for others, and the care that we have for others. So he commands uh, a special care for the needy. He says, you shall neither mistreat a stranger nor oppress him. In verse 21, you shall not afflict an, any widow or fatherless child. And you might think, well, of course, we're not supposed to mistreat anyone. And we're not supposed to oppress anyone. And we're not supposed to afflict anyone. But the Lord specifically mentions it with reference to the stranger and the widow and the fatherless child. So that we will have a special care. That we will be extra careful not to mistreat the sojourner or the widow or the fatherless child and the orphan and the widow and the stranger uh, are often after this point in scripture uh, used as a uh, a way of summarizing into one all who are needy around us uh, the sojourner didn't have status he didn't own land he wasn't a member of the tribe he didn't come from a big extended family that would be full of advocates who could stand with him uh, in the gate, uh, and so he was missing status. Uh, the widow or the fatherless child didn't have the husband and father who would stand for them, uh, and even more, who would provide for them. At least the sojourner could hire himself out to work. The widow and the fatherless child were in uh, an even um, <coughs> more dire situation. But these three together uh, are often, uh, throughout the rest of Scripture, uh, grouped together as an example of the needy. And the Lord is saying that those who are at particular providential disadvantage, it's in God's providence that they are in the situation that they are in, that we are supposed to uh, 
uh, have extra care for them because they don't have someone to stand up for them. Although that's actually not exactly true, is it? Because what the Lord is saying in these seven verses, isn't he, is that he is the one who stands up for them. So on the one hand, you say, well, ordinarily there would be a husband and a father and a family that would watch against me and defend the rights of these people uh, against me. And since they don't have someone to do that, humanly speaking, earthly speaking, I will watch against myself. I will give extra care uh, in their behalf. But on the other hand, God is saying there is actually someone who watches out for them, listens to them, defends them, takes up their case, avenges them, and you don't want to cross him because he's me. We see this also, for instance, in the Proverbs and, uh, and other places. And so in the first place, he uh, commands us to have a special care for the needy, uh, special carefulness toward them, and that this would come uh, not just mechanically because they need someone who looks out for them because they, in God's providence, don't have the same uh, advantages and, as everyone else, or because God will avenge. It's not just calculation, but he, he wants us to feel empathy. He provokes us to put ourselves in their shoes. You see this at the end of verse 21. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You know how it is. You have been in that position, and you're not to forget what it's like to be in that position. And then he provokes us uh, again uh, to put ourselves in their place in verse 27. He could just say, if you take his garments as a pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. But he goes on to say, for that is his only covering. It is his garment for his skin. What will he sleep in? Uh, and so even the way he describes it, even by the question he asks, he's, he's saying, put yourself in his place. You, you've worked all day in, in the heat. Your, your neighbor is needy and, uh, and he's worked all day in the heat to try to make up the money to pay you back what you have loaned to him. Uh, but uh, in the massive temperature changes that uh, take place from day to night in that place, now it's nighttime, and he needs that cloak. He needs that, uh, that outer garment to wrap around himself. You know what it's like when you're freezing and you can't get warm at night and you can't sleep even though you're exhausted. And when he feels that, he'll remember, oh, my cloak is with my neighbor who, who uh, has his own, and now he has mine too. And he cry out to God for justice, for vengeance. And the Lord says... I will hear him. So uh, he teaches us uh, not just to be careful not to mistreat them and not just to be careful that we don't gain an advantage by them. He says, if you loan them money, don't loan them money in order to make money off of them the way creditors do. He says, uh, if you take his garment as collateral, his outer coat as collateral, you don't keep it in uh, from that point until it's paid off. You give it back to him every night because he needs it to sleep in. He needs it to cover him for warmth on his bed. Don't, you don't gain advantage from him. So the special care. Uh, but then he also tells us about it in such a way uh, as to provoke our empathy, uh, to provoke our sympathy. 
And that's because God himself is sympathetic. In verse 23, he says, I will surely hear their cry. Uh, and we have three doublings of the verbs here. If afflicting you afflict them, and crying they cry to me, hearing I will hear their cry. Now it's one thing for uh, the man who afflicts to be doing that in great earnestness. And it's uh, one thing for the uh, the man who cries to cry in great earnestness. But then when God says, hearing, I will hear their cry, he reminds us that he's an empathetic God. He also uses uh, language that connects with us when he says, and my wrath will become hot. Now, we know that there are never any changes in God. He's infinite, mm-hmm. eternal, and unchangeable in his being. He's not subject to his emotions. So what is he saying when he says, my wrath will become hot? He's saying that God, in his perfect consistency and perfect stability, responds per- in perfect consistency with his character. And God is of such a character that he hates and is furious with injustice. Uh, and so there is something that uh, he commands in us that imitates him in being empathetic, sympathetic towards one another. Not just that we would learn how to behave, but that we would learn to care from the heart and sympathize that we would, because we are subject to change, aren't we? That we would learn to be indignant on behalf of those who are taken advantage of, that we would sympathize with them. Uh, And that we would remember that God's graciousness and his vengeance go together. Which means that if someone is unjust towards, towards someone that is an object of the Lord's special care, God's being gracious to them means he will be vengeful with us or, or he will punish us. And so he says, it will be that when he cries to me, I will hear, for I am gracious. Uh, and we say, oh, well, that's good. He's, he's gracious. Well, listen to what he says at the end of verse 23 and end of verse 24. I will surely hear their cry, or hearing, I will hear their cry, and my wrath will become hot, and I will kill you with the sword. Your wives shall be widows, your children fatherless. And so God's graciousness towards his people means he is an avenging God. This is, of course, the thing that keeps us from taking vengeance on others ourselves. Do not avenge yourself. Leave room for the wrath of God. For he says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing so, you will heap burning coals. Which burning coals? The burning coals of God's wrath upon his head. And so God himself takes vengeance because he is gracious. So a society that knows God, which is what Israel was supposed to be, which is what our household is supposed to be, which is what his church is supposed to be, a society that knows God will have special care for the needy and the disadvantaged. And they will have empathy, not just actions of care, but thoughts and feelings of care, the, uh, the ability and the habit of putting themselves in other people's shoes and remembering and feeling what it's like to be them. 
because we belong to a God who is sympathetic with us and he listens and he cares. And because he is gracious towards us, he takes vengeance when we are wronged. So let us ask the Lord to help us not be those who are wronged. And then when we are wronged, to remember that we can cry out to him and he will hear us. Because he is gracious. And he will be furious. Even if nobody else sees and nobody else is furious on our behalf, the Lord will be. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this portion of your word. We find that we have not uh, put ourselves in others' place like we ought to, and we're not reflecting very well what kind of God you are and what kind of God you are to us. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be careful of others, and especially those who are at a disadvantage or who are needy. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be sympathetic. We thank you that you are sympathetic. And we pray, Lord, that when we are in the disadvantaged or the needy place, when we are wronged, that we would remember your sympathy with us and that you hear us when we cry and that we would cry out to you and that knowing uh, your vengeance on our behalf because you are gracious, that you would free us to love our enemies and do good to those who persecute us. Help us, Lord, to live according to this portion of your word. Thank you for making us to know you as our Father in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.